Hello there, and welcome to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories, and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason, and with me is our friend in the fridge, Nick Bassett. <laughs> and the thunder from down under, Lushev. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Greetings, what? Mason. What was that one, Kit? Your friend in the fridge. <laughs> nah. You don't know that? Racism. No, I don't know that one. You know the cheese brand? That ad? Nah. Mainland cheese, I think it was. Obviously from New Zealand. Your friend in the fridge. Your friend in the fridge. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, mate, you're dreaming one's good. That one's been on for about 20 years. Telling me dreaming. Mate, you're dreaming. Oh, okay. It's not not as good as... um, so where the bloody hell are you? Yeah, that was Mem- another one. Remember the bugger ads? Yep. Bugger. That was good. Bugger me. Or, or, um... Was that the one where the dog was saying it when he fell in the mud? Or did you guys have different Yeah, he ones? says it at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, was that a, what, what, was it, that a Nissan ad? Nissan ad Toyota, or, wasn't it? Toyota. One of the car brands, yeah. 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 I don't know. One that sticks in my head all the time is, hey, Ma, the Ranger out. Do you remember that one? Never heard that one. I think it's um, it's like McCain's fresh corn or something like that. The kids are sitting on the the tin roof in the middle of the outback somewhere, and they're squirting all the corns all squirting everywhere and hitting the tin roof. Yeah. I definitely didn't get that one in New Zealand. No. Nick, what about that? The old um, New Zealand Warriors ads in like early two thousands. It's oh, just God, a matter they? of faith. Oh, We've yeah, got then, yeah, the yeah. faith. <laughs> I was about seven then, so yeah. Memory is strong. Speaking of warriors, yeah, man's got a jersey on. Can't see the green stripes on it because it's a green screen, apparently. So apparently, twenty fifth season. The twenty fifth season jersey. It is. Um, it was the return was that, 20, of the twenty twenty colors. Yep, the best decision the club ever made. Other than wise. Converting the tongue from curved to straight, right? Allegedly. Still say the blue. The blue is definitely the best color they've had. This this colorway. It's not traditionally a combination that you would see around very much, is it? Green, no. red, and blue. Just put all the colors on it. Just throw it on there. It's actually not, not too dissimilar to the Fremantle Dockers original colors. Except the blue was a, a purple. Um, yeah, right. <clears throat> they came in in was it ninety five. Mm. So yeah, somewhere around. Just there. embroidered logos kit, no gel here. Um, mm. High hi raglan. That's two raglans. Two weeks in a row. Well, we'll talk about the application of logos on jerseys later in the topic. Oh, segue. Okay, very good. That's after the news, eh? And, uh, ooh, what are we? Ooh, <laughs> just had a sneak peek of something there. Hello. Don't tell anyone. Hello. You can ask me what I'm wearing. I was just about no, to, to you through that. You were holding to up. you through that in. So, um, what are you wearing, Kit? I'm wearing a uh, 2015 Western Force jersey. 
Whoa, did they have no sleeves in 2015? I don't recall. No. Yeah, okay, I don't recall Nike ever uh, doing the Western Force <laughs> in a basketball jersey with uh, black, um, what would you call, what, 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 what do you actually call those, sky blue, electric blue and... Mate, I was, I was told there was going to be no news tonight, so put no thought into a new jersey, so I'm doubling up, embarrassingly. We could have we could have continued on with that game, couldn't we? We're thirteen episodes in, and I've won. The only one not to double up yet. Yes. All right, let's keep going. Field of Design podcast is currently in audio only format, heavily discussing visual content. So, with every episode, we include links in the podcast apps episode descriptions, which highlight all the articles and images we discuss in today's show, except for last week's episode when there was like forty five million things that we discussed and we ran out of. Um, uh, symbols to use in our description. So, should have just gone to text speak. <laughs> should have, uh, which highlights all the articles and images we discuss in today's show. You can also jump onto our Instagram at Field of Design Podcast for references to some of the uh, more featured content. If you wanted to get in touch with the show, you can via our Instagram at Field of Design Podcast or our Gmail, Field of Design Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out also to Nook for um, keeping that Instagram page running with some decent content. Been good this week. Let's hope those um, controversial statements get some bites in the comments. Yeah. Our favorite topic, AFL, NFTs. This is via AFL's LinkedIn page. Here's a sneak peek at the first ever AFL mint drop, Ripper Skipper. This celebrates the incredible leaders of our game with all AFL club captains in action minted as NFTs. Kit, register for exclusive updates on when you on when and how you can get your hands on this historic drop. That is the shittest thing I've ever set eyes on. <laughs> He's just playing Don't about your now. words, mate. That's crap. Go buy footy cards or stickers or don't spend your money on this that shit, That is literally kids. like the Macca's AFL cards that are out at the moment. It looks the same. It's exactly the same? Pretty much. But there's only one. The that value. beard might be worth more than the NFT, to be fair. It's magnificent. Yeah. Uh, New South Wales Institute of Sport, in celebration of National Reconciliation Week... The New South Wales Institute of Sport has unveiled its new Indigenous artwork at its Sydney office and Swiss selected Raya to design the paintings as like the Gurunji Wakaja uh, people. She is committed to telling stories through pattern and design. And the Com Games has also released some reconciliation artwork. Commonwealth Games Australia has honoured to showcase artwork by journey sutton that represents commonwealth games australia's reconciliation journey you can check those out via our episode description links guys i uh i told you this girl was good shanae sutton i'm not sure if that's how you say her name but in our first episode oh, right. we spoke about her in in reference to some of the nbl artwork and i said she's you did that's she's right. a good follow on instagram obviously neither of you took me up on that suggestion but um i honestly don't think i've seen a better indigenous artist than her um 
Yeah, and this is no exception. This is just unbelievable. She did a similar sort of vibe for all the NBL teams. Um, I think it was earlier this year. Um, yeah, I just I'm I'm in love with the stuff she does. To be honest, how striking is this particular design with all of the the colours, the the contrast of dot artwork, and even uh, there's a centre focal piece there that's the modern Australian green and gold and the dots slowly, you know, fade and transition away. Can you see that there? Yeah. The the use of colours. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. I I, I, I honestly urge you to um, jump on Google or on her Instagram and check out uh, the similar stuff she did for the NBL because uh, in a similar vein, she incorporated all the team colours and and their, I think their little logos or... Some little nod to them. Um, and the, do you have a handle, mate, that we that you can actually share? Yeah, I, the yeah, I Instagram. Do it uh, is a. Uh, uh, let me just bring it up. Um, but yeah, that NBL one, the, the colours are just un, unbelievable. So it literally is Instagram.com forward slash Shanae Sutton. And apologies if that's C H E R N E E S U T T O N. Yes, there it yeah, is. Yeah, correct. So, um, yeah, she details some of the stuff she's worked on, and um, I'll drop the link to that particular MBL uh, canvas that she did. But she's the one who also, I believe, designed the artwork that went on the, the MBL balls, playing balls. So, um, yeah, mad shout out to her. We'll include it in the episode description. Yeah, very cool. Hey, this one's got like all the states and the circles and all the little pictogram things that we'll talk about later. So all the, not all only the is com it game sports, yeah. Teamed it with all the com game stuff as well. Yeah, before we move on, I will just drop this into Discord if I can work out how to do that. Because um, I want you guys to see how awesome this is. So just check out that link. Um, Just the way she's incorporated the NBL logo, Australia, sort of made little little icons for each of the teams and just how incredible the, the colour is. The, the, the texture is the thing that does it for me on this. Obviously, all of it is absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, if the texture wasn't there, it would still be a fantastic piece of artwork. The, the vibrancy of the colours, the art itself, the depictions of... You know, all of the the small amounts of detail that you can find in here when you're looking at it, you know, hidden things, uh, the the turtle that I'm looking at, what I can only imagine is there's basketball-looking shapes. Perhaps they also represent the teams. I'm I'm not entirely sure there. Yeah, it is is the teams, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like for me, and it's probably just the angle that the photograph has taken on, but the texture that's on the NBL logo, um, and, and around the NBL logo as well. It's just, yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing kit. It's, it's, yeah, I'm glad that you've. That NBL logo to get black on black texturing on a paint, like on a painting is pretty crazy. I think it's really cool how she's worked on that, but it's not too. You know, not too. I'm not sure what the word is. You know, we think back to that Nam logo where, you know, they did what they did with the text and rejigged the Melbourne logo, and it was a little bit too much. But she's added an indigenous spin to this NBL logo, mm. and uh, 
and just made it better. Um, so, Shanae, if that's your name, probably mispronouncing it, but we'd love to get you on the podcast one day because I'm your number one fan. This is from volleyball.org.au, Australian Volley Roos National Uniforms. Men's Volley Roos unveil new Indigenous-inspired national team uniforms ahead of 2022 VNL. Volleyball Australia has unveiled the new Australian national team uniforms in conjunction with Sports Plus Area Australia, featuring an Indigenous-inspired artwork by two-time Olympian and Indigenous artist Brad Hoare. The artwork was unveiled at the Australian Beach Volleyball Championships in April, but the men's Volley Roos teams are the first athletes to see the new uniform in person when it arrived at their training camp this week. The Wambion Malaman, the Kangaroo Coast, in Dunguti language, design represents Australia with its rich colours and red ochre, green coastlines and beautiful rich sand. The Wambon Kangaroo is only native to our land and represents us on the world stage. It creates an iconic... Uh, it, it creates an icon for our sport. It can represent us as people and as collective culture where working together creates a family, explained the artist Brad Hoare at the Artworks Unveiling. Nick? Yeah, um, another one of these Indigenous ones, isn't it? Um, it's probably one of the... F- and without with, you know putting the meaning and, and stuff aside of, of all that, um, it's probably one you'd sort of expect to see in the early days of indigenous designs where they haven't quite got that extra detailing of the fades and all the graininess going through it. It's sort of just, your, I, won't, I won't say standard dot pattern, but a, it's mostly using the dots and, and not much else added to it. Yeah, I'm not fully, I've done a little bit of work with volleyball before, but I'm not fully on, on top of it at I think um, usually you've got a libero, which yep. is a the alternate strip similar to what you'd have with a, a goalkeeper. Um, they haven't shown that here, and I nearly wonder whether that is the inverse. I'd actually nearly like to see the inverse, I think. I'd like to see uh, yellow as the, the primary and, and having some of the detailing in green. Yep. I, don't, I don't dislike it. I, I think shapes well on the uniform there's that clear space on the yeah. the front and the back from the numbering uh, interestingly they haven't left enough space it looks like for the captain's <laughs> underscore on the the numbering or a, there a number 33 or whatever <laughs> yeah i mean i suppose uh, they don't go that high but i'm not sure actually um so yeah i, I definitely kind of agree with what you're saying and hear what you're saying a little bit there. Uh, I don't understand the, the neckline as well. They've got that white finished uh, neck, but then the cuffs are a thinner yellow and the back of the, the neckline is yellow as well. So there's a few things there that I'd probably like to adjust, but overall, I don't dislike it. No, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a, sort of a, a little bit more on the simple side to what we've been seeing in the NRL and, and some other places this year. Yeah. The kangaroo footprint on the back yeah, is a cool. nice little finish as well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, jumping over now to another Australian representative team, Australian swimwear for the Com Games. So this is from commonwealthgames.com.au. 
Commonwealth Games Australia and Speedo today unveiled the uniforms for the Australian swimmers and divers at the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games, continuing a partnership that has begun at the Cardiff 1958 British Empire and Commonwealth Games. The pool competition wear features Speedo's latest tech race suits in Aussie green and gold, Fast Skin Pure Intent and Fast Skin Pure Valor designed to combine 20 years of pioneering performance with innovative technologies and fabrics to make the perfect suit for every type of competitive swimmer. There's a lot of big words and fancy words in there. The green and gold diving Some competition technology. and swim training suit feature the Commonwealth Games Unity symbol, which was designed by Indigenous artist Jenna Lee as part of a series of works created by Brisbane-based agency Gillimbar for, uh, for the Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth Games Reconciliation, Reconciliation Action Plan. The unity symbol was used on elements of the formal uniforms for the Australian team on the Gold Coast and has been incorporated into the swimwear for Birmingham 2022 so the athletes feel proud to be representing Australia. And that symbol is the sort of main circle that's throughout the whole thing, is it? Uh, I think so. Uh, you, would, you would have to think so. I'm not, yeah, that's I don't really... recall it from the Com games. Uh, but it seems to be heavily featured yeah. across all of the artwork, so you'd have to assume as such. That seems to be the only main symbol on there, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is, you know, those Olympic colours we talk about for Australia and compared to the volleyball ones, it's you can see why we prefer the colours, I think. Yeah. It's got that modern... That modern green and gold, you're nearly going that canary yellow or what they like to uh, refer to as the wattle. Yeah, and a more teal sea green green rather than a, a dark uh, forest green. It's curious that some of the swimwear still has a lot of black featured in it. I'm not sure whether that's a yeah, modesty thing or whether that's a technology thing where certain fabric technologies you know, need to be in the in the black. Um, but yeah, very similar to what we saw for the, from the Australian teams at the, uh, Gold Coast Commonwealth Games with that, that fade artwork, mm. um, which does give us a little bit more of a blue tint in, in some of it. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's a, quite a attractive design and executed quite well for one pieces and, and DTs and speedos and, and all that. Yeah, everything fits together nicely, doesn't it? And yeah, seeing that sort of tonal stuff as well, again, always makes these kind of designs work well. On the link also, the... The, the old school photos? Yeah, the old school <laughs> photos that the Com Games AUS Instagram pages posted uh, uh, before we reveal our Speedos uniforms that our swimmers and divers will be wearing. Let's look back at some of the previous games uniforms and yeah, it's, it's really great to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, look back at what might have been or might not have been trendy or um, ambitious at the time. There's quite a horrible one there of stripes, nearly candy stripes, aren't they? <laughs> um, so, yeah, go have a look That's, at those too. What are we picking there, 70s, 80s? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't even want to. That's <laughs> I awesome. Any more time looking at it, to be honest. Hey, um, We've chatted a fair bit actually around the recycling process and reusing and um, getting the best out of old jerseys. And 
the Puma group on their LinkedIn the other day posted uh, quite an interesting video on their Puma re-jersey recycling process. Have you had a chance to have a look at that one yet? Yeah, I had a quick watch and um, just seeing the amount of steps that they go through is pretty interesting. Um, obviously, you know, nearly every major manufacturer is doing something similar at the moment and yeah, they're chopping it all up and mounting it all down and all, all that stuff. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I remember having a conversation uh, probably, oh, geez, this is even before COVID now. So 2019, um, I was attending a uh, function in Brisbane City held by the Brisbane City Council, I think, just around recycling in general, not necessarily in yep. sportswear or fabrics or anything like that. I met a, a gentleman... Uh, Graham, um, Graham, can't remember his last name, sorry, uh, trying to set up a, a company in, locally in Brisbane called Blocktex that um, would actually take uh, old or unused or unsold gear and run a very similar process to this as far as breaking down the polyester back, in, back into its purest form and then getting it um, remilled. So I uh, actually haven't checked back in with Blocktex, but hopefully they were able to get their um, the company going and, and get the Ground, grants yep. that they were looking for. Yeah, because I think it's such a... Uh, we need these type of companies. It needs to be pushed from a commercial space to then see it starting to be enforced from a government space. And so the fact that there are a lot of companies now that are doing it yeah, only means down the line that it's going to be more common. And as you said, we are starting to see it become more common anyway. Yeah, yeah, lots of companies. And I I don't know for a fact, but it seems like it's bringing a lot of manufacturing back into the countries where the companies are from too. Um, obviously, Adidas having their big German um, headquarters and stuff. Um the manufacturing of boots and and their more higher tech shoes coming back to there um, with these processes. Jumping over now to NRL and the Newcastle Knights have released their mining jersey for 2022. This is from newcastleknights.com.au. The Newcastle Knights men's team will wear the special anniversary edition high-vis mining jersey in round 23 against the Canberra Raiders at McDonald Jones Stadium. Like this year's home and away jerseys, the 2022 high-vis mining jersey features a navy chevron on the chest to closely connect this special jersey to the club's modern armour for a new era. Topographical lines are sublimated in the navy chevron to represent mining operations and mining communities they support. And a new patch on the back of the jersey references a range of metals and minerals mined in New South Wales, including gold, copper, silver, zinc, nickel, coking coal for making steel, and our high-quality, low-emission thermal coal for electricity. When did they um, first do the mining jersey? Was it sort of like 2015, 16-ish? I think the very original one caught my eye a lot, and I think it was blue, navy, sort of at the bottom, and then the orange on top. This is the um, 10 year anniversary. So 2012 oh, yeah, yeah, would course. have been the first one. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. You said that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I'd prefer it with navy sleeves. Um, I think I preferred the, the straight lines of straight lines of years past. 
um, rather than the angled. Obviously, you know, they're relating it to their home jersey, which is fine. Um, and on the render, the logos look tiny, don't they? They do. I don't know what happened on the render there. <laughs> <laughs> the real uh, jersey's yeah, some, fixed. Someone's missed the mark. Uh, yeah, I think it... it um, I think it misses the spot. I think it, it yeah. doesn't quite have the same effect or impact when you're just using the colours and applying it to the existing design. I nearly think, you know, we've taken a step back here. I'd, I'd nearly like to see them continuing the, that tradition of having a real, you know, like you're putting on a tradies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brady shirt in a way. I think we spoke about, as you said, this a set in sleeve style with the navy, navy sleeves and and the orange with the two stripes, two two silver stripes below it. Yeah. Hell, yeah. even even at this point in time, they should be reaching out to Trademart. I don't know whether you're familiar with Trademart, but um, that they've been making great waves in the tradey scene. Uh, they're another Brisbane-based company, I think, too, actually, with some high, intense designs that really focus on men's mental health um, and, and starting conversations around men's mental health. So, I don't know, there could be a three-way partnership yeah, that right. they could be doing there to, um, yeah, push more in that space. Yeah, for sure. No, I haven't heard much about them, but that's a good point, and... I'll link that. I'll link them into the uh, episode description as well. For sure. Uh, shifting over now to basketball. So this so is Atlantic. from sportspromedia.com, the, um, written by Steve McCaskill. LED glass floor approved by FIBA. The International Basketball Federation has changed its, changed its rules so that elite-level tournaments can use LED glass floors, paving the way for new broadcast experiences and sponsorship activations. Previously, Tier 1 competitions, such as the FIBA Basketball World Cup, have been required to use wooden flooring for safety reasons and to protect the integrity of the competition. However, the governing body is now satisfied that advances in glass floor technology meet the standards expected at its highest profile competitions. The ASB Multisports offers LED making lines under the floor, while the ASB LumiFlex floor is a full video floor that enables interactive training applications and enhanced show staging with additional options for advertising. The flooring also offers the ability to add player tracking, showcasing achievements and statistics that enhance the view, viewer experience both in the arena and on the broadcast. This is exciting. It's going to be a real-life video game, isn't it? It is. It's going to be Space Space Jam, uh, <laughs> the next legacy or the new legacy or whatever it was. Yeah. See, they can track players and put stats right behind them and almost have yeah. like the, um, the dots following them around sort of thing. Obviously, advertising will bring in money. Yeah, and this is uh, yeah, this is exactly where I expected things to go. I don't, I don't think it's going to be long, to be honest, until we're seeing yeah this kind of this kind of stuff in the NBA. Yeah. Um, you know, we're at a point where we've got LED sponsorship, uh, LED advertising hanging around the the LED boards around the courts. 
yep. it's not going to take long now for them to be in the courts. Yeah. Um, you know, full sponsorship on the other side when someone's taking a uh, free throw on yeah. the other side. As long as it doesn't sort of affect play, I think we're definitely going to see it. I'm the kind of guy who sort of gets mad at a Mexican wave when I'm sitting in a ground there. So it does, <laughs> it's not really my thing. Um, I'm there to watch the game, but um, yeah, music and, and uh, Mexican waves aren't really my thing during a game. The, if a, if an announcer talks while players, players on, then it annoys me. So shut up. I'm here to see the sport. <laughs> yeah. I don't want your entertainment. I don't need your Mexican wave. Why do you need a Mexican wave? The sport is there to watch, watch it. I don't need no wave to make me excited, but yeah. no, nah, this is this is cool. It's gonna it's gonna look pretty awesome on on TV and and I'm sure at the courts too. Yeah, you probably have be able to use the same technology in the backboards as well. I imagine so. Sure, won't be long. Won't be long. Sticking with the NBA, this is from uh, pr.nba.com, and we've also included a YouTube link in there. New NBA postseason trophies. The National Basketball Association today unveiled a lineup of reimagined trophies for the NBA postseason, including an evolution of the Larry O'Brien Trophy awarded annually to the NBA champions. The six trophies, designed in collaboration with artist Victor Solomon and Tiffany and Co., are named after NBA legends who have helped shape the league and represent the standards of the postseason excellence. The NBA's relationship with Tiffany & Co. spans 45 years, with the American luxury house having designed and manufactured the Larry O'Brien Trophy since 77, the league's conference championships trophy since 2001, and the Bill Russell Trophy, which is the NBA Finals MVP, since 2005. Tiffany's legendary makers, the skilled craftspeople at the Hollowware Workshop in Cumberland, Rhode Island, bring to life more than 65 trophies each year in addition to hundreds of other designs they also produce at the workshop. Solomon worked in tandem with Tiffany & Co. to evolve the NBA's postseason hardware offerings, refreshing how the league's champions will be honoured for the next 75 years and beyond. That's evolution, isn't it? With Compared to the old trophy, they've added the silver in there and um, tilted it a bit more forward. But, um, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I think the the addition of the silver in there as well. It's not all just gold. Uh, so having that two toned uh, look on the trophies, and as you said, it's just a modernization, evolution yeah. rather than a, um, a huge change. Yeah, huge change. So yeah, pretty good. Uh, I don't mind them. Adds a bit more personality, I think. Yeah, and I think it's sort of um, cool that they're you know they've given those. Um, you know, conference finals, MVP trophies, proper or names of, of the older players and and stuff like that. Larry and Magic and all those guys being remembered. Absolutely. Okay, let's shift over now to our episode topic, which is uniform guidelines. Fellas, I might start off um, guidelines asleep. this week. Oh, we, we've got... We've incorporated some <laughs> soundtracks into the into the podcast, have we? We've got some more Kit singing tracks this week too, so that's good. So anyone who's not a complete and utter uh, jersey design nerd, switch off now. 
Isn't nuffy? Isn't that the official term that you've been going yeah. with? For the, I think it's a, a step above, mate. Considering our, our pre-podcast conversation was talking about me sending through as many style guides as I could to Mason so he could spend his weekend sifting through them with a nice glass of Merlot in front of the, <laughs> the wood fire. You paint a great picture. What a delightful picture. Yeah. <laughs> a colleague of mine at work today, speaking of wood fires, said they had a fireplace. I didn't even think they existed in Queensland. Yeah. That's crazy. It has been fucking cold. What do you need a fireplace for? Because it's freezing, mate. You barely need a hoodie. <laughs> oh, he's in old mates in hug boots. Got my hugs on. Hug boots and short shorts. <laughs> we never asked what Mason was wearing today, so there you go, guys. He's wearing hug boots. Hug boots. Get Mason, you a beanie wearer? Oh, yeah. I'm known to wear a beanie from time to time. Are you? That's the one. Uh, I like the idea of wearing beanies, but they never last long on my head because... I've run pretty hot, so <laughs> you overheat. Yeah. Who are we looking at first? We'll go. We'll go the SSN first, Suncorp Super Netball. Uh, so what I've tried to do is pull out the more interesting aspects and and perhaps not controversial but odd items uh, in the kit guidelines. Um, notable things. So why don't, why don't we start off with one of the 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 more interesting things, which is the the patches, so the positional patches that the um, that are required when you're on the court. So this is all around the sponsors. Uh, the guidelines state uh, you can have three options for patches, your positional patches. One of the Sorry, options. Sorry, they bibs? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, bibs or patches. Yeah, whichever way, whatever terminology. What is I, is bibs not kosher? Is that? Well, I think it's a bit old school. You know, back. Back in the day when, you know, you'd literally put a bib over your head, you know, like a, a training bib as such um, with, a, with a position on it. Whereas these days with the Velcro patches, it's just a matter of, it's a patch, essentially. It's, it's, you're not putting anything over your head. It's not a bib. So, but both terminologies are fine. So you actually have three, three sponsor options that you're allowed to uh, go with uh, for, the, for bib sponsorship. One is all seven players have the same sponsor above the lettering on the front and the back. So you've got a positional patch on the front and you've got a positional patch on the back. And uh, across all seven players, front and back, the sponsor is the same. The second option that you can have is all seven players have the same front sponsor and the same but different back sponsor. So essentially uh, all positions, if you're looking at them on the front, have a sponsor, and if everyone to turn around and look at the back, it's a different one. I can't imagine any club wanting to do that ever, knowing the rush um, that sometimes happen in substitutions and getting prepared to take the court where you need to keep your front bib front patches uh, separate from your back patches as well. So uh, it's in there, but I can't imagine that anyone would ever use it. That's a good call. Have you guys ever come across like the sort of semi-pro teams that all have different jersey sponsors on the back of their team jersey? Do you get yeah, that? Yeah, it's incredibly annoying. Yeah. Incredibly I- annoying. Do you know the Western Force did that? Um I believe center front sponsors for a year. 
everyone was different center front. They wow. were. They were made to wear mono white logos so that they kept a similar aesthetic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, pretty interesting. I've I'm seen it in um, the New Zealand MPC, the sort of local rugby competition, and, yeah, everyone on the back top has got a different sponsor. Um, and I just recently did it with a university in Queensland too, so I had to do 13 different jersey designs technically with each player in the league team having a different jersey sponsor. A nightmare to set up. Yeah, adds a whole yeah another so man much of, work. Man of work. Yeah, we uh, there were a few interest clubs that did that, which uh, we used to hate doing. The third option that I have here, and it's probably the more likely option that could be done if a club wanted to take it up, was each position has its own separate sponsor. So a goal shooter, front and back, has sponsor A. Goal attack, sponsor B. Wing attack etc 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 so could open up some fun when i use the word fun um clever marketing campaigns around if, if you're someone that's selling or you know you want to sponsor in your in shooting or attacking or you know whatever versus something that might be defensive or strong or stoic or something like that you could try and sponsor a goal goal defender or goalkeeper versus a goal shooter or a goal attack would that mean you can't have like goal shooter and center one sponsor but then the rest all different oh, that's a good question actually um like could a company sponsor two positions only or would that come under one of the first rules yeah i don't think so. Let's have it. All bibs have different sponsor brands. Yeah, right. So it must yeah, so seven. it is specifically seven. Yep. Which would be difficult to do, I imagine. You'd need to be able to lock in seven separate sponsors who would be willing to cover that space. So it's a bit difficult, I imagine, versus just locking in one sponsor or bibs um, or two sponsors, yep. bibs front and back. But the logistical nightmare of that. Ugh. Uh, another curious one that I have, so, um, oh, and, and then the, the lettering of the positional patches needs to be 15 centimetres higher. That's, that's stipulated in there. Uh, another one is the league logo must feature in isolation on the top right hand chest of the upper body on all upper body items regardless of whether it's an on-court on uh, training, travel, whatever, needs to be on the uh, upper right chest. Nothing can be higher than the league logo on the right chest until you're, until you're reaching like your, your collarbone, shoulder area. So nothing can sit, sit above that on the chest. And nothing above the league logo, including the club's logo, can be bigger than the league logo. So they take it quite seriously that the the league actually gets major or prime real estate once you're going above that major sponsor on the sternum. The the league takes top priority there. Which that's I know where you is. A, uh, sorry. So that's where you end up with like four logos on the left chest, don't you? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. when you're looking at um, when you're looking at you know, any netball club, and they may have two or three, you know, premier or major sponsors. Generally, your major sponsors sitting on that sternum of your media polo. Yeah, and then you'll have your club on the the left chest, and then three or four or five sponsors sitting below the Firebirds logo or the Swifts logo or wh whoever's logo um, down that side. But 
yep, just the Super Netball logo on the right-hand side. I don't even think you're allowed anything below it on some items. So any of the game day stuff, you can't have it. I think more casual stuff, you can get away with it. And uh, we talked about the substitution numbers, I think, last week. So the 10 centimetres on either side. Um, and I think at the time we were looking at the West Coast Fever's... Um, First Nations dress, yeah. First Nations release dress. And uh, I noticed when they were playing on the we- on the weekend that their numbers were larger. So whether they've heat sealed over the top of those or some, something else, you know, whether they're new dresses, not sure, but the numbers increased by the time they took the court. Curiously, um, it's become a, a trend over the last five or six years with, with the Super Netball clubs as well as having a, a club, a player historical number. So once you make the club, you know, we see it with former origin greats and, and whatever else. The league actually stipulates here that that number needs to sit on the back um, between the shoulder blades, which I know for a fact some of the clubs don't do. But I find it interesting that the league is enforcing where that number goes. And the last, I suppose, more interesting one that I had here was just around the match dress in general. So the league actually says match dress or equivalent playing apparel. So it doesn't um, have to be a dress. You can take the court with seven eighth leggings, bike pants and a singlet, T-shirt, long sleeve, whatever. Um, but I think the, the netball dress at that elite level, which I think I may have mentioned before, is, you know, the players are... Um, the ones that are generally pushing for that dress anyway. But are they allowed to do um like one have a dress, one have tights and a singlet? It doesn't say here. No. Yeah, there's okay. nothing there's nothing coming out at me from uh the guidelines that about it. Uh let me just have a look. No. I'll let you know, mate. But <laughs> I, I yeah. I, I can foresee down the lines perhaps in like Team Girls Cup, which is their pre-season round-robin competition, that they may get a point where they're wearing skorts and singlets or leggings even. I nearly imagine there might be a time of leggings. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I don't think it'll be any time too soon. I know in the fast five sort of championships, um, New Zealand wore singlets and tights a few, few years in a row. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so the sevens of netball. And rounding things off here, the the clash dress um, cannot be the primary colour of any other team. So if you if you are designing a clash dress, interestingly with Collingwood, the primary colour of their dress is black. Your clash dress cannot be a primary colour of black, which I find quite interesting too. It has to be uh, exclusive of all of the team's primary dress colours. That would only work with a small league, eh? Jesus. Yeah, the more teams that they bring in, <laughs> the more difficult it becomes, yeah. Obviously, it's to be said with all of these guidelines is they are guidelines. So when we go and submit, there'll be things that um, that pop up that you can request to be excused from or um, granted a, what's, what's the right exactly. term there? Exemption, thank you, Kit. 
um yeah i know i know one time when we when we've submitted something the league came back and said that the logo logo um space the square centimeters was too high by 0.01 millimeters and we went back to them and went really <laughs> really <laughs> I think we can get away with it. No one's walking around checking out that size. (laughs) And then you get certain sponsors who come in and want clear space around their logo and then complain that it looks like it's just been slapped on. It's like, well, hold on. That's your guidelines. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that is actually, you raise a good point. One of the, the items that are stipulated through here is that clear space is included, which I'm sure, you know, we'll talk about when you guys touch on yours as well. Clear space is included in the square centimeterage of uniform real estate. So, if uh, if you've got a sponsor that stipulates they need X amount clear either side and above and below, or they want a box around it, then that box is technically part of their space. It's not just the text and the picture. So, um, what what quirky things have you got, Kit? Ah, uh, quirky. Uh, I don't know about quirky. There's a few things I've just quickly run through, um, <clears throat> which there seems to be a bit of confusion about generally, but, um, and, you know, I assume most of this stuff you guys would know, but just to clarify that the design cycle for the NRL is two years for home and away jerseys. Um, now the exemption of that is when a new supplier comes in and you can get a, an exemption to start your, your new designs. Uh, for all other jerseys, obviously, you can do a new one each year. Um, people complaining about how many jerseys there are a year, you are actually allowed to have up to eight. Eight is the magic number. Per so year? <clears throat> yep. That's incredible. Home, away, Indigenous, Alternate, Heritage, NRL Promotional Rounds, One-Off Promotional and Charity Promotional. Um, so yeah, now I believe, uh, when I say believe, I know that the only three, uh, compulsory ones at this point are home away and indigenous, and they all have different amount of permitted wares that they're meant to, you know, meant to be in, uh, like you said before, these are guidelines. So a lot of the time the NRL allows clubs to do what they want. Uh, sometimes frustratingly. Uh, home and away, you can wear it as many times as you want. Could the away be the indigenous? Or does it have to be three separate designs? Uh, I mean, you could have an away that's indigenous, but I believe you'd still need a standard indigenous jersey. The reason being is that you can only wear an indigenous jersey three times a season. Yeah, okay. Um, and also is that uh, the Indigenous jersey you can't wear until Indigenous round. It so there'll be to... cl- clubs that obviously will need an away jersey before then. So it has to stay hidden until Indigenous yep. round. Yeah. Uh, is it alternate... stipulated in there? Sorry, mate. Is it stipulated in there why? Why the first wear has to be Indigenous round? Why you can't wear the Indigenous jersey before Indigenous round? Well, it's the whole celebration, right? I'm sure it takes away from the gloss when clubs are trickling and wearing and, you know, whatnot yeah. before then. They'd prefer, a, you know, it all to yeah. be part of that whole 
festival of celebration, I guess. You're sort of um, you're bearing the lead a little bit, I guess. Yep. Um, now there's alternate, which clubs will, you know, use as a third kit. You can wear that as many times as you want, but it is meant to be less than both home and away jerseys. Now, I think we've seen Canberra in recent years uh, go against that, so no idea why. Heritage, you can only wear three times a year. Um, NRL promotional rounds, which uh, is like an Anzac ground or a women in league ground, that can only be worn twice. So you're only allowed one of those, though. You're only allowed one promotional jersey. Yeah, but you could use another slot as your alternate, I guess. Okay. There's ways to make it work, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, then there's one-off promotional, which would mean... Uh, what, what would that mean? So that, Oh, okay. So that's like, uh, like your Marvel jerseys or... Um, no, not points bet. <laughs> uh, it's a unique design themed around a promotional activation. Uh, so they've given examples like when Cronulla did a Battlefield jersey or um, South Sydney did a Man of Steel one and, and whatnot. So it's that full, you know. Members, I think... members jersey as well. Is that another one that, that kind of fits in that space as well? Oh, I don't think so. I think that'd be, um, you'd be putting that in a different slot. Okay. And then there's charity promotional. So you'll see where a club uh, does one for for charity. The examples here are Canberra doing an autism one and West Tigers doing a stay-kind jersey. So, I mean, that's your eight. You you can sort of make it work however you want to get your, your eight jerseys in, but uh, perhaps that'll clarify some things where everyone's like, well, how many are they allowed? Blah, 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 blah. Well, eight is quite excessive. And I was trying yeah, to do the maths crazy. also there around you're allowed to wear this one three times, you're allowed to wear this one three times. Uh, and what is it? 24 round-robin games, eh? So, yeah. Um, How many could you wear? Yeah, but you can't exceed your home or away. They've got to be the, the ones that yeah. are worn yeah. more than any others. <laughs> How little could you end up wearing home and away? Another weird one that I... um. I think is a little outdated is that the NRL uh, make you do the club logo and Telstra logo embroidered. Now, obviously, last couple of years we've seen clubs do woven badges and obviously the silicon badges, but um, we actually did a survey to, I can't remember how many people we did, but thousands. And uh, people are just as happy to get sublimated jerseys as they are any other method. I just find it weird that. You're you're buying an embroidered jersey, but the players are in sublimated. Like, wouldn't you want to wear what the players are wearing? I've just never understood that. I was going to say that's only on replica stuff, eh? Yeah, on field it has to be sublimated. Sub, yeah, yeah. So there's different. There's actually different guidelines for merch versus player issue. Well, player. The only real player issue that you get is jerseys. Um, clubs are allowed to do replica shorts, but you know they're bas- they're just the same as as what the players wear anyway. Um, and the other outdated thing, Nick, you'll be able to look down at your your jerseys the the locker label, which mm, is yep. woven. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm sure that started as some sort of anti, 
you know, I you know, copyright, um, authentic sort of tag to stop China from selling knockoffs. You know, seeing the stuff oh, that China copy, can do. is it? <laughs> no, or seeing the stuff that China can do, and like I'm wearing a, a fake NBA jersey, and it's got the NFC chip that 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 you can scan your phone on and get highlights of the player from five or six years ago, whenever it was. Um, I'm not sure a little woven label is going to do anything to stop you from ripping off a design. Um, the fact that players' ones are sublimated, that's something I think is outdated. I'm not sure why the NRL persists with that. Very. I actually think it tarnishes the, the on-field look. What do you mean? Like the players running on with a, with a label... There's their a hemline. They're sublimated. Yeah, but still, I just don't think it's necessary. Well, I don't mind it. Um, yeah, it's a little yeah, bit American, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, I mean, it comes it comes from, from the, uh, the NBA yeah. model, right? Because you don't uh, you don't see that in the other code. You see AFL. Yeah, AFL does it. AFL does a lot of American things there, like the draft and the trades rather than transfer fees and whatever so, so other than the perhaps numbers or sponsors that might get heat sealed on a jersey throughout the year a player issued is completely sublimated um not necessarily you're allowed to heat seal logos on um but yeah it will be sublimated we have a club where we have a particular logo that the sponsor prefers it to be heat sealed on yeah, they right. feel like sublimated, their logo is so thin that there's bleed and they feel like they don't get bang for their buck. Yeah, cool. So they, will, they get heat, heat sealed on. If it's that thin, get geez, a new logo. the heat seal is quite, <laughs> yeah, yeah, without knowing the logo, the, the heat seal <laughs> itself, how does that, yeah, pop, but anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> um, in recent years, they've introduced things like minimum jersey sponsor uh, terms so clubs if they want to put a, a sponsor on a jersey it needs to be there for two years um, does it go with the um, the cycle or can it go opposite good, to the cycle good question or? I'm not sure I mean you could yeah. could have a three year sponsor which would throw out your cycle anyway yeah, but, yeah. so I mean, these sponsors things... aren't included in the cycle no no, no. are so, we talking like a sleeve sponsor or are we talking a major sponsor or any sponsor it's meant to be all sponsors now as we know two years yeah, as we know, okay. the club turns around and says we've lost a sponsor. What do, you know, you want us to keep it, keep them on and lose money. Um, the NRL folds pretty easily. Um, you know, it goes into a little bit about. I think they call it like a make good when a when a when a club loses a sponsor and changes mid season that they're meant to actually make good on the jersey and either re- replace it or heat seal over it for the the the, uh, the punter the buyer, which I find interesting. The uh, new sponsor yep. so that takes wearing... responsibility for covering the old sponsor. Uh, well, the club needs to, yep. Yep. Um, now, logistically, you know, from what I've seen, they, not like they make it terribly easy because obviously quite costly to get everyone to send back their jersey and... You know, get heat heat sealed and then returned. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I was just going to say everyone's jersey getting sent back. How oft, How many jerseys a year do players get? 
I don't know. It's a um, it's a good question. Um, one that I don't know off the top of my head. Like but, the All Blacks and stuff have, you know, every cap number and player embroidered on the jersey. So obviously that's a different jersey every game. But yeah, at sort of club and NRL level, level, I'd be interested to know what that was. Yeah, I I'd have to look that up. I'd imagine it'd probably be around four four of each design. Yeah. Um, and they're all, how they're also they... swapping jerseys as well. Yeah, I was going to say, how would they swap around with with numbers and stuff? Yeah, and different yeah. sizes. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's really the interesting thing is that probably, I don't know. You, you, very rarely you'll get medium jerseys made for the NRL due to body sizes. There'll be a handful of larges. Majority of the boys are in probably two XLs. XLs yep. and a number in three get, XLs. Do you get many custom sort of like some tall skinny dude like a turbo or um, do you get many like that? This year for the for one of our clubs, they felt like our normal fit wasn't all encompassing. So I created a new fit where, you know, it tapered in at the waist a little bit more um, and that seemed to have worked quite well. So, I mean, I don't know if I meant to say it, but it was for the Cowboys. And I think Jason Tamalolo found that if he wore a 2XL, that his arms were really tight. And if he wore a, a 3XL, it was uh, loose through the body. So he created a new fit. Um, so his shoulders were too massive. 2XL.5. Uh, <laughs> what did I call it? I think it was a, I can't remember. Called it, we just called it the tapered fit, but I think gave it a, a style code with just an X in it or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> one that I find interesting is that, uh, and I, I will touch on this, I said it a couple of weeks ago, but um, every logo on NRL jersey has a, a guideline, a size that it can be. Now, the back logos have a, a height. That it can be so the top one's eight centimeters, lower back is seven centimeters. All the rest of them have a square centimeter measurement. So people saying that logo sizes are getting bigger each year, they're not. They're just the same, um, which is interesting. So what width can those back sponsors be? They can be unlimited width. Yeah. Yeah, right. As long as they're that high. So that's why well, well, the like Steggles, you said, squished their logo. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're um, you know, you're competing with the width of a jersey, or you know, a raglan in particular. Club, there's clubs that won't go raglan because it impacts how big their top back sponsor can be. Yeah. Now, Nick, you've mentioned that the New Zealand Super Rugby teams. Yeah, yeah, their sponsor and numbers are way too low. And that's and the reason, just as a, in a design point of view. Yeah. So if that was a set-in sleeve, they'd have more. More room for that top back sponsor, right? They would, but um, last year the pattern was a set in and it was the same thing. It's just it was a still decision low. Adidas made. Yeah, that That's it's, weird. it's down low. One of those things where historically someone's made a decision, hasn't been communicated, and then generation yeah. after generation after generation just keeps doing the same thing, not knowing why. And that's why I sort of asked a couple of weeks ago, Kit, they sort of does the position of the tracker interfere with sponsor placement at all because that's something i assume has been taken into account with those super rugby 
jerseys. We yeah, I think I mentioned back then we've got two different GPS yeah. pockets. One's a hanging a hanging GPS pocket, which is just secured by a small bar tack. Um the other one's just a um it's a it's it's uh on it's glued on. Yeah. So we don't have any stitching. A lot of the other suppliers do. I don't like the stitching going through sponsor logos. We avoid that. But you're right, that is an issue. Yeah. Um, now here's one thing, and this is, I say this quite often, and no doubt eventually I'll give someone the shits of the NRL and get brought into line, but the NRL doing NRL <laughs> things. So they've got a pretty picture with all the, the sponsor logos telling you how big they have to be, blah, blah, blah. Now it gets to the numbers. How how do you think they tell you how big the, the numbers can be? Keep in mind that there's one NRL f- font. Um, do you think they're giving you a height, which would make sense? My, you know, most font uh, hinges on a, on a max height. That would probably make sense. They've given a max width, right? What? The problem being is that a number tw- <laughs> a number twenty three is obviously going to look different to a number one when it comes to yeah. a max width. So. Um, bizarre NRL doing NRL. Let, let's let's try and break this down though. Like, where's the where's the thought coming for this? Obviously, they've got their height. What is it to stop ridiculous number lengths? Would that be the reason why? No, nah, I don't What's, know. Do I've we know what the rules are with nu- with n- numbers? number height? Is just such a standard thing, eh? That's how you measure a number. You just measure the yeah. height. Yeah, but if you've is there an, is there's nothing stopping someone from having well, I suppose league league you actually have your numbers as your positions don't you yeah yeah so, okay so it's not like you can have someone wearing 103 no no you've got your players and then you've got your your bench and your um extra bench like, yeah your why number 20 would go, why would they go with i don't know no idea and is that just on the numbers, is that um, font that they all use now, it wasn't sort of compulsory for a while. Is it compulsory now? or I think does... it was compulsory for a while. And I know, I think the Bulldogs were the last team who just refused to use it. Yeah, they used right. To, yeah, they used a local uh, heat sealer who just uh, did, did their own font. So that was interesting. So they were the last ones to hold out from, from what I've been told. Um, now, I'd always been told that this... Rubbish font. This font, yeah, and it's so outdated. Um, I would have thought that bringing in that new NRL logo, they could have maybe brought a new font in. But uh, I'd always been told that the NRL font's the only one you could use, and now the Roosters went and did a retro font. So, um, you have a, do have a question Roosters on being the big brothers of the league. On the, so on floodgates, the are, floodgates are now open. <laughs> nice as I as I hold up a heritage jersey. Uh, that we may or may not see one day. Sample. Um, is there, um on the numbers, is there a certain amount of colours you can, like, can you just make the numbers any colour? Or I know in I the Premier League it, there's five options, I think. I think it's, a, you can do whatever colour you want, but it's yeah. meant to be a mono uh, number font. But what we've seen in recent years is um, clubs will have the, the little inner, inner stroke a different colour and then the outer stroke yeah. a different colour. I've done it... Um, I, I did it as camo one year. I think last year for the Cowboys. Yeah. I was like, oh, did, fuck yeah. it. <clears throat> well, and that was something that I did want to raise is not fully thinking through if you're getting your numbers heat sealed, 
having that two level contour or key line around those numbers, it limits you from a heat seal point of view around it. Say you've got the Warriors jersey as an example where you've got those different colors, the green, the white, the red coming through on the back. If you're going to heat seal that, the inner key line that's external from the white is just going to be one flat color versus showing through the the entire artwork. That print print cut rather than just cut, doesn't it? Well, some don't. No one's going to sit there picking out the inner alpha. No, they do, I think. Yeah. Well, I noticed it on the the Bulldogs indigenous jersey, I think, this year. I'm pretty certain that they were heat sealed numbers on the back. Um, and they've just gone with the base blue color as the the first tier of the contour. Well, the Panthers are the famous one. So you actually see the red, the red, yellow, and green go through the, the that that inner stroke of the number. And is that a heat sealed number? Yeah, like a vinyl, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is that if, is that this year's? Just Google Penrith Panthers and first photo that pops up um, shows it. It's interesting they allow you to sort of do any colour, though. I know the Premier League, for example, I think it's white, black, navy, red, and yellow, or gold or something. That's all you can use. So, for example, Man United had yellow trim on their jersey this year but have to have a white number in the Premier League, but they can use yellow in European competition. Yeah, don't give the NRL ideas, mate, please. Yeah. Whatever you do. <laughs> You're not wrong. That's, that's a dumb idea. They have that's a that's definitely a vinyl heat seal, and they definitely have weeded out the first tier of that keyline contour. I'd say that's the most common version that you see the the, the local lead arm numbers. Most I think all of our clubs are sub. I believe unless it's a um, unless it's a new age like super color or something like that where it's actually templated already. Doesn't require the digitally. Picking, yeah. yeah, it doesn't require the the peeling. That's um, that's a mammoth of a job. Otherwise, anyway, a couple more things, and we've spoken about the square centimeters and whatnot. An interesting one is that um, I don't know if you guys remember that the Cronulla Sharks we call it the Reebok jersey. It was the one with the angled um, design, and Reebok sat in the middle of it. It was last year's heritage jersey. Yeah, so 2021 Cronulla Sharks Heritage jersey based off the 995 jersey, uh, which had Reebok as the, lo- the centre front sponsor logo. They were the um, jersey manufacturers, Reebok, or nah? Because uh, there's the uh, M above it on the 96 jersey. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But That's weird point... if you have a jersey manufacturer sponsored by another clothing manufacturer. Well, it might have been. Considered a, a boot sponsor, I don't know. Yeah, shoe manufacturer back then. So the interesting thing is that having that logo on the slant, um, unfortunately, we weren't allowed to measure the logo on that slant. So it had, it had to be measured, you know, what's the word? Square, I guess. Which portrait, means that portrait landscape on the X and Y axis rather than on the angle in which the logo was sitting. Which obviously means that, you know... Had to be a hell of a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, the further which, the further the angle is, the smaller the size of the logo would have to be. The best way to put it is if you have a a diamond 
a 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter diamond and a 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter square that shape is going to be a, have to be a hell of a lot smaller if you're measuring you know the square centimeters that way mm-hmm. yeah. um so which is strange because like you look at Nick's jersey there the canterbury logo is on a slant but that's always going to be measured you know square yeah and yours um, do the same on the dynasty ones don't yeah they? all of them all of the ones like that so it's an interesting one one that I always found frustrating NRL doing NRL things um I won't go on too much longer but uh I just will touch on that there is a certain amount of items that we as manufacturers are allowed to make and they tell you the max amount of tees or polos or this and that and how it has to be permitted in terms of retail or club store or this and that okay um so, so with that with it only sharing i suppose what you're allowed to share there is that across say you're only allowed 40 garments and there's 25 those, items so, so 25 items but then you can choose what those 25 items are or it's it's still a matter of no you're only allowed four polos you're only allowed yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, they go through and tell you that. Um, but th- there is a, uh, uh, they call it SMU slots, which mm-hmm. give you a bit more flexibility and also give you the ability to, because um, they dictate what sponsor logos have to be on there. Mm-hmm. So those SMU items can be clean of team sponsor logos uh, whilst the rest of the range has to have them. Um, so there is all that. It is a bit of a juggling exercise as clubs like, I won't go into detail. There's clubs we do that don't sell as much gear, so you're struggling to even use up your slots. There's other clubs that push so much gear that, you know, you're battling. You have to take something out if you want to do a new item the following year. So that's... Because this is still on the two-year cycle? Um, Or just in terms of you get 25 items. Per um, year? Per year, yep. And you're on a two-year cycle for some of your major stuff anyway. Yeah, eight jerseys, right? Well, you, you, it's three jerseys you're on a two-year cycle with. Uh, two two jerseys you're on a two-year cycle with. That's a home and away jersey. Yeah. Of course. Yep, Everything that. else can change. Yeah. But say if, say if what we went and said, oh, uh, we want to add in a gridiron jersey into our range, we'd have to go to the Cowboys and yank something, yank one of their SMUTs or whatever. Yeah. So there's a lot of juggling there, which is bundles of fun. And the reason they do that is to, I mean, to be honest, to protect their second tier licenses or to protect your, your headwear licenses or, you know, this and that. So, like your, um, your company. I was going to mention your, your supporter gear. Yeah. Yeah. How does that work with obviously one manufacturer can do the whole league and the. Well, I used to work at Classic when we, when we did that. Range. And, um, yeah. You're not allowed any sponsor logos for starters, um, but they have a certain amount of slots that they can just do what they like, and you basically don't even have to get permission from the clubs to to roll stuff out. But that doesn't affect anything Dynasty does, for example. Um, it's just completely separate. What you'll find is that the 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 official suppliers quite often get the shits at those other licenses because yeah. Um, you know, I'm not speaking about us necessarily. I'm speaking about what I've heard and other places I've been, but there's a feeling the NRL dilutes the market just by adding all these other licenses in. And when you have 
for example, think of how much money New Balance would, uh, sorry, how much money ASICs would give the Broncos and then they're competing with all these other licenses who are just pushing gear out and cheap gear and this and that. You can see where the frustrations come from. I mean, mm. And that's it, eh? It's cheaper and also sort of templated It's very templated, incredibly, go yeah. across the, the whole... Yeah, I've seen how it league. works. It's as templated as you yeah. can get. Um, yeah, just swap the colours yeah. on the shoulder. Pad. And then the NRL will, uh, you know, COVID will hit and we want to do something as simple as a face mask to our club and the NRL's already gone and sold that licence to, mm. to someone else, you know. And then there's a board short licence and then there's multiple hat licenses and best and less get their own license. And, you know, it's just endless. Like the, the ones that pop up. Yeah. That's something I've seen. Um, who was it? Hurley, I think doing like national football team board shorts. So I've got a pair of France football shorts and board well, I saw shorts. N- uh, Nina and Pasadena have an AFL range there. <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, I was going to say, the interesting one is the second-tier jersey license. Mm-hmm. So they do their $40 bloody Kmart jerseys, whatever they are. So they obviously are solely dependent on what we do as the official jerseys, right? Um, so they end up coming to us and asking for the, the art files or going via the NRL and going, oh, can we get the, the vector graphics? No, we're no, under no, 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 no obligation no, to do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's like ask, it's like um, current manufacturers coming to past basically. manufacturers and asking for for their yeah last year's design. No, yeah, have a have a small. Well, I remember at Classic we had the uh, the one for the A League, and uh, they initially didn't want to actually tell, give us photos of what they looked like. Instead, they tried typing them out, and we had to. Inter- I'm not fucking lying at all. Typing out a description of what the jersey was. So, for example, do you remember when the Wander- Wanderers had that? They must have been done by Nike, and they had that graphic-y um, stripes, like the real abstract techie sort of stripes. Mm-hmm. They, they. I remember getting an email from them. And they're like, "Yeah, we can't show you what it looks like due to, you know, these reasons," but. If you were to just do black and red stripes, but instead of being solid stripes, think that they're pipe cleaners, you'll get pretty close to the. <laughs> you could interpret that of one of any. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, it, it's comical. And we end up pushing and going, no, nah, you got to at least send us a shitty JPEG. So they basically sent us um, JPEGs the size of postage stamps, which we had to interpret. And I remember Melbourne. Um, yeah. I think Melbourne Victory had a quite a complex graphic, like a subtle graphic within their jersey, their shirt. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny seeing what I mocked up from this postage stamp um, JPEG compared to what the official one ended up being. Yeah, I will just, the last thing I will say um, uh, is basically, and I mentioned it before, is that they just don't want um, alcohol and sports betting on junior items. That's the biggest thing that we go through our uh, our approvals with. And, Nick, obviously you know that sports betting is not allowed to be on any jerseys worn in New Zealand. So yep. uh, much to our annoyance, and it hasn't been the case the last couple of years, but the Titans will have to have a different jersey. Uh, Manly will have to have a different points bet jersey for when they go and play games in New Zealand because of the, uh, the laws over there. Very interesting. Yep. 
So you just do a, a small run of when you have a team playing away that has a gambling sponsor. Well, Manly, would you put like Posh on it or something? Uh, it'll be, uh, I think the Titans have done a charity logo. Yeah. Okay. Why, my favorite one was, um, was NIC did the Broncos. And obviously, I think Broncos were sponsored by, who was it? Sports, the red and blue sports bet. Um, I think it was Ladbrokes or I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whoever it was, whoever it was, I thought it was red and white, but I do remember though. Yeah. Anyway, whoever it was, instead of putting that logo on there, which had the italic font, red and white, I think it was, whatever it was, they replaced it with the players' names in that exact font, in those exact colors. So you knew exactly what it fucking was. Clever. Um, That's great. That is gold. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like doing the the points points bet font, and instead of like my surname or Nick's surname, instead of having Bassett, you have B A S in white and then S E T in red. Yeah, mimicking the points bet logo in the same <laughs> same font. So <laughs> that's genius. Hell yeah! Yeah, very clever. Now, Nick, you've been working on um... Commonwealth Games. Yeah, Norfolk Islands. So. Obviously, one of the smaller members of the Commonwealth, um, being a what they're an offshoot of Australia, aren't they? They're technically part of Australia, but go as their own country territory. Do you um, pick up anything interesting in in their guidelines? And the guidelines, not too much. It's all pretty standard stuff. You've got your measurements, square centimeterage of of manufacturers' logos, and they keep using the word recommended, so it's recommended that it's on the chest and um, well, recommended on the right chest, but you can sort of put it central or, or whatever. Um, you can go on the sleeve as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was relatively open, um, but I tried to stick to what I could. I had to move the manufacturer logo on one of the garments to the top back, mm-hmm. so hopefully we get away with that. I'm, I'm sure we will. Um, and then just looking at the sort of Birmingham event itself, obviously with the Com Games and Olympic Games, stuff like that, you're going to get a different set of uh, guidelines for every event. Um, so always interesting to see these ones. And um, they talk about, yeah, obviously the, the clear space around their logo and Pantone's provided, all that sort of stuff, the usual. Um, and I guess, Mason, you picked up on the pictograms They've sort of broken their own rules in the guidelines with regards to the spacing around the the swimming yeah, icon. It's always funny when you see brand guidelines, regardless of who it's for, uh, especially around the clear space. And that you know, I think the most common way to do it now is find an element of the logo that you can then replicate. Um, Toyota is half the T around it. it half yeah. the T of Toyota. So you, you squish that. And- yeah, for example, sorry, Birmingham, the 20, the 20 out of the 2020 is is the this clear space. And then so, yeah, looking at these pictograms here, which are, you know, quite different actually. They're quite clean um, and rigid, I'd say, in a way compared to what we may have seen in the past, which are more stylized. We'll probably break these down more when we act- when the Commonwealth Games actually are on. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I did pick up on some of the pictograms there where they've talked about their clear space and and then in, on the same page of talking about the clear space, they break their own rules. So we might highlight that yeah. a bit later. <laughs> and it is interesting with these pictograms because they do have bits of each design sort of popping out of the edge. So the the sort of back backing's not square, but frame that they hold themselves in doesn't necessarily constrain the artwork no and it the size of the backing doesn't change with the the size of the drawing that's like the icons that are on it so some are bigger than others um and then that angle sort of is the same angle as the the birmingham logo was one thing they mentioned yeah the angle taking inspiration Um, from one of the angles of the logo yeah. itself. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting because that um, clear space will change with every logo because of how far each and each um, icon pokes out of the Which frame. is why I think they've got it wrong, which is why I think the... We'll yeah. have to include a screenshot or something like this so that people can see what we're talking about. But, yeah, which is why I think on that page the clear space has been uh, incorrectly identified... Um, and it should be from the frame, not from the yeah. um, the top of the swimming top of cap. The swimming the cap example, or the edge of the boxing yeah. glove. Yeah. All right. Unless there was anything else, I think we might call it a day. Uh, what are your thoughts on today's episode? Was there anything obvious that we have missed that you've got questions on? Please reach out to us and and let us know. Um, you can touch base by emailing us at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com, shooting us through a comment via Instagram at fieldofdesignpodcast or just slip a DM in. We had a few bits of uh, mail come through heavily on the Instagram. We've got uh, Jers Collector here commenting on our um, commentary on the Chicago Bulls logo. Bull's logo is my all-time favorite. The color combination, the bold outline, it's strong, simple, and timeless. It doesn't even need the name of up above it, which could have been a redesign. And, of course, it lays upon the best uniform in history, strongly influenced by his anus, Air MJ. So, yeah, a fan. Um, and then he also commented on the Celtics one, saying that, obviously, yeah, it's unique due to its history um, and don't think it could ever be changed, so... Um, yeah, that sort of Celtics logo's got that character and and stuff like that that may not get approved on a logo today, but because it's so memorable and historic, can't you can't change, change it. it. Yeah, pretty much emulating, I think, what we mentioned, what we discussed in last week's episode. And I reckon that is about full time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you've liked what you've heard today, please remember to subscribe. Nick, we had a conversation during the week and discovered we've been pressuring everyone to subscribe and you're not getting the notifications when we go live. So, I don't want to artificially inflate the stats, (laughs) you know. Leave that to the listeners. Uh, Nick, I just want to say feel free to share the podcast too with any uh, friends or enemies that you may have. Wow, man's got to do Instagram and share it, eh? Uh, Continuing to grow the show will enable us to produce more content across more platforms and have greater access to some of our industry's best professionals to guest on our show. You can be part of that 
growth uh, by leaving us a review and some stars on your preferred podcast app. Yep. Sorry, uh, 50. Oh, round number. Nice. Shout out to my co-hosts and Jersey boys, uh, Nick and Kit. Next week, I'm going to be winning at a tournament, so enjoy. You're not with us next week? Not next week. I'm going to be shooting people oh, with lights. Oof. Where about? That's, 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 is it a spectator Bendigo. sport? Uh, you can watch a live stream of a scoreboard and some dodgy black and white cameras in a dark we'll room. We'll include the links in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Many jer- Hey, I've got a monopoly on the uh, tournament's jersey designs here. I've done like half of them. So Yeah, well, guess what? One man misses footy because he's done a hammy and then next week he's in f- Bendigo playing laser tag. <laughs> I just did my hammy again last night. You don't do your hammy weekly. It's like a two two to three week injury, mate. I know. That's why I stayed on. That's why I shouldn't have trained last night. Now I've got two weeks to my tournament, so I'm going to have to not train at all for two weeks. Last week, in your little spiel at the start around what is a timeless logo? (laughs) Edit this out. Timeless logo could be something that's five years old. 10 years old, or even one year old. And then when we raise the and then he Seattle Kraken, Kraken, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and I hit across that and I was like, hang on. I would have worked out a way to do one of those audio sounds <laughs> and then call back to that <laughs> oh, rewind he said and then add it back in. <laughs> Edit this out. <laughs>